Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is December 20th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, a great holiday season. And in today's episode, Connor and I get into the recent news of the Bruins waving Craig Smith and what his future might look like uh, and what the Bruins might end up doing with him down the road. We also get into Patrice Bergeron's future, long-term future, not like next year, but down the road. What's his? What does he do after playing hockey? Because Jim Montgomery got us thinking about that this weekend. And then we also get... Uh, into uh, the near future of David Pasternak. I know you guys can get annoyed with the contract talk, but it is out there and we get we we tackle a big question with Pasternak that we have yet to touch on um, in this whole conversation regarding Pasternak that I think you will find interesting and thought-provoking. Uh, so let us know what you end up thinking. Uh, before we get into the conversation, football is alive and well and Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football odds, News and game matchups, including this week's Christmas Eve and Christmas games. Bet online is your continued source for all your wagering info, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest ways to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including, of course, the NFL, as well as the NBA and the NHL. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game stats so without further ado here's my conversation with connor ryan and we're here with connor ryan connor what is up evan i'm doing well how you doing doing great doing great i think we can both safely say we are doing better than the patriots why what happened I don't know. That's just seeing people going crazy about it on Twitter. Oh. Uh, I, from the video I saw, it was interesting. They threw it backwards. And the other team, who the guy who caught it, a former Patriot, caught the ball, ran over the quarterback, the current Patriots quarterback, into the end zone for a touchdown as time expired. So from what I can I gather, talk- it doesn't look like a good situation. I think you're talking about... Uh... 
like a Madden play or something. That didn't happen in an actual game. I well, maybe, I, don't, I don't know what you're watching, Evan, but I digress. Maybe I didn't have my glasses on, okay. and and maybe I I couldn't see if it was pixelated or not enough to be Madden, but looked like real life. Not great, but Connor, this is a Bruins podcast, and there's Bruins news to discuss, as there always is. And Sunday, a little bit of Bruins news dropped. Bruins decided to waive Craig Smith. He just cleared actually, like right before we came on to record. Thank God. I was I was hoping that we'd get news on whether or not he cleared prior to recording this. Thankfully, uh, we did get that um that clearance. Um, your reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it just in terms of, you know, the mindset or what the Bruins are looking for here in terms of the timing, it does make sense that, you know, with the the roster holiday freezing the NHL going into effect, uh, you know, today, and I think it ends December 27th. If you want to place them on waivers there, you could potentially loan them to Providence or, or the holidays. You can probably bank some of that cap space. I think Dominic Tiano, I think, was the first one that mentioned that in terms of, you know, the many different avenues the team can take in terms of over the holiday break, have him still play games, bank some of that cap room, all those kind of uh, mechanisms that, you know, guys like Evan Gold and people who are uh, much more well-equipped to operate the cap space and all those minute details, um, you know, there's a method towards doing that, but I think maybe in the the big picture in terms of the initial, you know, shock or surprise of a guy hitting waivers, especially an established veteran like Craig Smith. If you ask me, I think at the start of the year, if Craig Smith is going to be in that same pool of players as Nick Foligno or, you know, someone else like that, even Mike Riley is someone we mentioned even before the year started, could be on the outside looking in. If you included Craig Smith in that group, be like, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, right? Like Craig Smith, yeah. the guy, even with that poor uh, showing in the postseason last year, is over the span of his career been about as steady as it comes in terms of all right, fifteen plus goals, uh, you know, 35, 40 points year in year out. A dependable, you know, middle six veteran stalwart that you don't have to worry about. Which on that third line that had so much uncertainty, you could pencil him in, you'll be good. And for whatever reason, whether it's lingering injuries and he's dealt with a few this year, whether it's just his shot first mentality, not meshing with kind of what Jim Montgomery's preaching or just the, you know, the inevitable impact of father time, I guess, for a guy that's getting up there. Um, it just hasn't worked out at all for him this year. Um, I mean, one goal, four points. And something we talked about before when he kind of first dropped out of that lineup. Yeah. The third line's playing well right now with that mix of guys like Coyle, Frederick, Paul Felino when needed, like it's, it's working on that third line, but still, when you look at where Craig Smith is, when he is in the lineup on the fourth line, averaging nine minutes, 30 seconds a night, you're not playing really to his strengths. You're not getting the most out of, I think what you're looking for in that fourth line either. So something had to give uh, when you, when you look at uh, Craig Smith's situation, it's just unfortunate that gets to this point. Cause I think if you went into the year, you know, in terms of setting expectations for guys, Craig Smith's usually a guy that, you know what you're getting. And just so far, it just has not worked out this year. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before the year thinking Craig Smith might be a candidate to uh, succeed and do well under Jim Montgomery. Again, it hasn't happened at all. And I think one of the worst parts of this whole thing, you know, Kevin Paul DuPont reported this in the Globe uh, on Sunday, the Bruins have tried and failed to find a trading partner for Craig Smith for a while now. So, like, yeah. it's just, there's no, you know, they can't find a trade for him. You know, we had said a while back, you know, maybe it you know, be nice to try to, find a partner for him. If you can't, now he's on waivers. Um, and he's been, you know, no one claimed him. 
again, $3.1 million cap hit. Most teams do not even have $3 million in cap space. Um, so again, not an easy guy to take on. And yeah, the regression is kind of there, unfortunately. You know, you look at end of last season, uh, you look at this season. Again, you know, I mean, the Bruins have kind of found a good third line so far with Taylor Hall, Charlie Coyle, and Trent Frederick. Um, so, you know, Craig Smith kind of got bumped out there. Craig Smith's not really a fourth line player. Like, I wouldn't be putting him down on the fourth line. I mean, you could even make an argument that Nick Felino didn't come in here to be a fourth line player, but, you know, his style and the way he plays kind of fits that a little bit better and it's worked out well. So, you know, not going to question that. But again, I just look at kind of Craig Smith and, uh, you know, how that's all taken place. And it's unfortunate because, as you said, you know, he's a, and, and again, maybe he stays with the Bruins, um, you know, long term uh, or, you know, at least through the season. And, you know, he's a good depth forward for the postseason. I mean, we've said this multiple times now that, you know, come the playoffs, if you need to make a switch in the lineup, he's a veteran, you know? I mean, it's not guaranteed scoring, but it's as close as you can get to a guy uh, being guaranteed scoring coming off um, coming off the ninth floor. So, again, I mean, I, I you know, I don't know what the long-term future of him is here. Like, I don't – I guess – it's similar to Mike Riley in a sense, like either he goes to Providence or as you said, they find a way for him to play in Boston. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you still feel like at some point they're still going to look to see if there's a team that will take him in a trade. And maybe it gets to a point where you do have to throw a sweetener in there just because you do need that cap flexibility. I think probably more for Riley, I guess where he has another year left on his deal, but you, you know, I know uh, Kevin Paul DuPont said they haven't found a trade partner yet. You wonder if they, try again later on this year, just because when you look at Smith and what he could bring to a team that maybe has an opening in terms of that steady 13, 14, 15 minutes in the middle six, look at a guy who's a pending free agent anyway, seems like a a logical guy that teams would target just to take a flyer on in terms of, again, you look at his body of work, Craig Smith and what he's done over the years might be a guy worth taking a chance on. You look at just uh, the baseline production, underlying numbers, all that stuff. He seems like a guy that plenty of teams would, if it's a, fifth round pick or something, right? Like it's something worth uh, taking a a shot at. So we'll see what happens there. But again, I think it's something, it's the same thing we talked about earlier with Mike Riley, um, where it's maybe ultimately the best case scenario for all parties is to move on. Not only do the Bruins, again, it's not like there's a spot and there's a vacancy in the lineup that they have to take care of, but for the player themselves, whether it's Craig Smith, who's gone from 15 minutes a night to nine or Mike Riley, who's not even up in the NHL level, but is still, a very capable NHL player. Um, I think that's something where they would benefit probably from a change of scenery too. You know, there's something that should benefit all parties. It's just finding a team to take on that, take on that contract. When you look at even Craig Smith, I think his salary this year, I know his caps is cap at 3.1 million. I think his salary is like 4.3. Yeah. So again, the, the salary is from the cap hit. So that's something that, especially for teams that are, balancing the books and looking at how much actual, you know, operating room they have here. That's something that I think also factors into it is what the actual base salary is for a few of these players. Yeah, that's the tough part. But again, I look back at it and you kind of alluded to it there with the deadline. Like there's got to be a team out there that's, you know, on the verge of being a contender or is full blown a contender who says, hey, we really need a depth right winger who can potentially put up points. He's not going to cost a lot in a trade. As you said, like fifth round pick, sixth round. I mean, like you're, you, there's, you're just not giving up a lot for him. And I I don't know. You get some production out of him down the stretch. You hope he catches fire in the playoffs. Maybe it's cheaper than other 
you know, around the deadline, those kinds of assets are so expensive, especially given the lightning success a few years ago, kind of making sure they solidified their third line, even Charlie Coyle in the 2019 playoffs, same with like Marcus Johansson. So again, he's not going to cost a lot. So I like the idea of, you know, team just being like, Hey, we're going to take a flyer on him and see what happens. Um, Speaking of things that you want to be doing, Athletic Greens, our next partner, a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I don't drink coffee or use caffeine because I wanted healthier, natural energy, and AG1 has been providing it in droves. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. Has a mild, tropical taste that I actually look forward to each and every morning. You're back in your tropical spot. Beautiful tropics. That, that just looks amazing. You look happy as a clam in the tropics. And that's the same feeling you can have if you drink AG1. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75, yes, 75, high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting really good. This all supports better sleep quality and mental clarity. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Connor, what are you doing this Friday, uh, December 23rd at 2.30 p.m.? Friday, December 23rd at 2.30 p.m. Hmm. I don't know, Evan. I think I know what you will be doing. Oh, yeah. On fr- uh, this Friday, and, and this is for the listeners as well. This is not an ad. I'm telling you this because it's, it's going to be fun, hopefully. December 23rd, 2.30 p.m. Uh, tune into Nesson. I will be making my debut. Uh, Holy hosting, crap. Hosting New England Hockey Journal TV. So we have a we have a program that runs from, I believe, October through April. Uh, and I will be hosting this upcoming one. Uh, and it is very exciting. I think it's on TV. They told me like 10 times between uh, December 23rd and New Year's. So it'll be me and Charlie Moore taking you through uh, the holiday season on Nesson. So very thought, exciting I thought, stuff. I thought you were going to be on Charlie Moore. I thought like, that's the, you were well, the that, guest on Charlie Moore. So, is is so that for next season? or That's for next season, I think. Okay. To promote the show, we're going to do a cross. You know, we're going to do stuff together. I'll go out on the boat with Charlie. We'll fish. We'll catch some bass. You know, we'll, we'll talk shop. You know, well, maybe I'll spike mm-hmm. my hair up and it'll be really mm-hmm. fun. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Yeah. I, I I wish I ho- I'm speaking this into existence, hoping it happens uh, yes. solely for uh, the memes on Twitter that would that would come from of course. shortly. Uh, yes. be very, very exciting, so, though, Evan. Yes, you know, every- I'm excited. Everyone tune in 2.30 p.m. Uh, December 23rd. So this Friday. So make sure to tune on in. Christmas. It'll be a fun time. A Christmas miracle. It's funny. I initially thought and don't get the times mixed up. I initially thought it was going to be at 630 on Friday. That was what the the, the uh, time they initially told me. And I didn't realize the Bruins were playing a game. And I, I went and looked. What a hell and I, of said, a lead in. I said, wait a second. There's no way they should. But there's no way that they replaced po- uh, the pregame show. Um, and they did not. Fortunately, they did not. Uh, I think the Bruins fans would be very happy with that. So 2.30 on Friday. That'll be something to look forward to. 
Um, speaking of looking forward, uh, Jim Montgomery had some funny comments over the weekend after the uh, win over the Blue Jackets on Saturday. Uh, Bruins kind of not so great in the first two periods. Came uh, with it in the in the third. Jeremy Swayman almost had a goal, uh, which would have been like mind-bogglingly crazy if that went in. Um, I mean, to be fair, it's so kinda, long. It would have been very cool, but I'm kind of glad it did go. It went a little wide at the end, just because if he did score, uh, myself along with seventeen thousand others would be in orbit somewhere over the Mystic <laughs> River. I think to this day, like it would be like the glass elevator in Willy Wonka. We'd still be hovering somewhere because <laughs> the place would have lost its mind if he scored that goal. So yeah, what was the? I, I I wasn't there. What was the like? Was it just like you know super loud? Like what was it like? It was. The fans it was. Start they to stand were, lo- yeah, the they were losing it, and all of us really just like oh. Oh, and can man. you imagine, like, if that went in, all the people that left early to beat the traffic and stuff, like, imagine missing that. And you're probably still stuck. In, you're still, like, not even out of the garage, too. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, is this worth it? No. You're seeing your tweet of it on Twitter, like, well, well we, yeah. we missed this? Like, you know, because yeah. that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But he was practicing it on Monday morning, uh, I, I, I saw tweeted. So, um, hopefully one of these – he's going to score. I think that's, like, it's going to happen at some point. Um, it's just – it's a matter of when. But Montgomery – didn't talk about that, or you know, these aren't the comments I'm referring to. But before the third period, he told Patrice Bergeron, "Hey, it's your locker room. Do what you got to do." And after the game, he said, "You know, ah, hope he doesn't want to come to head coach after this season or something like that." Um, but it's interesting because this was something I meant to kind of hit on earlier in the year, but this is a good time to touch on it now with this thousand uh, point ceremony and and these comments. In like, what is the future, of Patrice Bergeron? I don't mean next year. Like, we we're gonna have that debate. Numerous times, many times in uh, May, June, July, where we're going to sit here and debate whether or not he comes back, how much we want to take into consideration that behind the B clip, all that stuff. Um, But down the line, like a next career, I think it seems like, you know, former players, they become analysts, they'll become coaches, scouts, um, college coaches, you know, different levels of hockey or there's. The front office route, general manager, assistant GM. You see Adam McQuaid as like a player development person, um, team president. I think that's where I see Bergeron. I don't see him as a head coach. And that's not a thing on Bergeron. That's not like, oh, we could never be a coach. Like, I think Bergeron would be a fine head coach. But I think you want to start the culture even higher. I think Bergeron is a future team president. Am I wrong? No, I think that's a good call for him in terms of where he could maybe have the most influence uh, in terms of just setting the tone, the accountability, those things for the team as a whole, right? And it's something where I think it's always tricky when it comes to chatting out like a player's next steps because it can go in so many different directions. And it's guys that you don't really think that could be coaches or front office personnel are all of a sudden, you know, making that next step. You know, it's almost – I remember – it's a different sport, but when Kevin Garnett retired, I feel like there was a lot of like discourse about Garnett and like he's such an intense guy. Like, what exactly does he do next? And like, a few people were like, "Oh, he's gonna like just like go away, and you're never gonna hear from him. He's gonna be like living like in out in like Malibu, wherever he lives, and just like be chilling, and that, that'll be it." And now he's like on like turn. He's on TNT. He's on like you know he has his podcast. He's everywhere, right? And he's great. Like it worked out great for him. But it's just these guys can never really tell. So. Does Bergeron want to coach? Does he want to do front office? I also feel like it will be something where almost similar to Chara, once he retired, everyone's like, oh, put him in the front office right now. And Chara's <laughs> like, all right, I played like 20 plus years. I'm going to I'm gonna chill for a little bit. I Give me a imagine. break. <laughs> yeah, after the amount of damage that Bergeron has sustained over his career and, you know, the amount of time that he's dedicated towards the sport, 
have to imagine he's going to spend a couple of years to, you know, focus on his family and relax and stuff like that. But it's one of those things where I feel like it's the same thing with Chara. If there's any interest at all down the road, I think the Bruins will, they'll, they'll clear out a cubicle. I think, I think they'll make some room for a few of those guys in the room. Cause again, it's not like this is something that is underrated in terms of what Chara or Bergeron brings to this team in terms of his, their presence, their messaging on accountability, those things. And I think that's something that's not probably lost on the front office in terms of keeping that in place in some capacity. So uh, whether it's, you know, development or, you know, anything like that, GM, even president down the road, any of those things, like anywhere you can keep those guys somewhere and they have their fingerprints on the bigger operation of this team would seem to be like a no brainer for the team. And if the the players themselves are up for it, would not be surprised. That's a route you see those guys both take down the road. Yeah. It's interesting though. I mean, you think about like Cam Neely, for instance, right? Like Cam Neely, again, I was not alive when Cam Neely was uh, on the Bruins. So I can't speak to what the, you know, the eye experiences, the mood, but it seemed like Cam Neely, I have this correct, quite a legend in the, in the span of Bruins history, quite an important player. Fans loved Cam Neely. And now as team president, you've seen over the years, slowly fans kind of turning on Neely in a sense. And I think like down the road, like let's say Patrice Bergeron did become team president. I got to be honest, it'd be really weird to see fans be like, they need to fire Bergeron. He can't be president anymore. Like that would be the weirdest thing. Wouldn't yes. it? Like to think of people hating the job Patrice Bergeron is doing. Um, it's just so foreign to me. Um, and I would have, I have such a weird time thinking about that. Um, and I imagine if you went back to, you know, the nineties, people said the same thing about uh, Cam Neely. Like, Oh, there's no way people could ever hate Cam Neely. Are you kidding me? Um, but it's an interesting thing to think about because Bergeron and, and Chara, those two, I mean, are absolute candidates to be team presidents down the road if they want to be um, Or And again, Chara has his real estate license. He knows like 135 million languages. Like he's, he, he can, can do, do whatever he wants. <laughs> um, but Bergeron's an interesting case. You know, like, do they go into player development? It's a, you know, it's an interesting thing. And again, this won't be for years. Um this will not be even next year, even if Bergeron does retire. Because as you said, I don't think Bergeron's going to like retire and then be like, and by the way, <laughs> I'm joining the front office. Yeah. Um, although fans, I think, would love that. I don't think that's how it's going to really go. And I think also GM's an interesting case where I feel like you can't just, in most cases, you can't just like throw a player right in there because there's so much logistic wise, like cat salary caps and all that stuff. I mean, even Don Sweeney was many years as, you know, just a member of the front office, assistant GM, like those types of things. Um, so interesting stuff there, uh, more, uh, near future stuff. And I know Bruins fans don't love when we talk to David Pasternak contract stuff, but it's relevant. We told you it'd be relevant and it is relevant. Like, you know, this is a, this is a pertinent issue. The team also is just winning all the time still. I know they've had a few losses here and there, but nothing, you know, is eye popping, glaring off the ice that we need to dissect. Um, at least in this episode, maybe very later this week, uh, but Sean McIndoe had an interesting thing his column in the athletic this week where he was talking about, you know, David Poshnok's contract. And he brought up an interesting question and he said, would Bruins fans be okay with David Poshnok getting the highest NHL contract? Would, would they be okay with him making the most money? So for starters, you have to look at McDavid who's 12.5 million a year. That was signed, I think five years ago, McKinnon's contract will kick into gear next year at 12.6. And then after that was our, is our Temi Panarin, I think at 11.6. And he got that mm-hmm. in free agency. Um, I am 
highly sure this is not in this is not informed this is just a prediction my guess would be as we've said you know many times Poshnok at the open market i don't think he would just command a lot of money i think he would command the most ever potentially i mean this is a game changing player this is a you know a, you can brand your team after Pasternak. you know not to get too like businessy here but you can sell a lot of jerseys and a lot of boxes of pasta with his face on it wherever you are in the league. He is a superstar and a, and a personality and whatever. Um, do you think the Bruins should make him the highest paid player ever? If that's what he wants, there's no indication yet. That's the case. But if that, if it gets to that, I mean, it's, I, a, tough, it's, it's a tough question. Cause it's like, you have yeah. to, it's like you have to balance it I out. Mean, it, it's going to depend on what exactly that final asking price is. But if it's something where it's just a, a marginal increase from the RE set precedent, that's the cost of doing business, right? And it's one thing where it's not like the the good thing is it's not like there's term involved in it. So it's not like when like the the Padres signed Bogarts, right? And it's like, all right, the Red Sox <laughs> weren't handing him 11, 11 years you know, on top of what his payout was. It's not like there's going to be something where, well, the Devils offered him 15 years. Like, we can't do that. Like, it's not a situation like that. It just comes down to, I think, the annual cap hit. Um, if you're the Bruins, one, it's something where, again, should have taken care of this beforehand in terms of tossing him probably in a, 11 and 11 and a half million dollar deal at the start. So you don't have to pay 13, you know, once you get to free agency, if that's what it takes, but it's something too, where it's all right. If possibly sets the benchmark, then maybe the one thing you can kind of, you know, seek solace in there is the fact that it may not be this year, but the cap is jumping up quite a bit once all that escrow is paid off. So even if maybe he's going into this year as the highest paid player, once guys like Matthews and a few other guys hit free agency and once the cap really, really jumps up in the next couple of years in 2025, 26, like possibly could be like six or seventh, right. In terms of just how it is. So maybe it's something where the Bruins again might hurt in the short term in terms of this upcoming season, which again, it's not like you're signing a guy and being like, Oh, like, you know, this contract's not going to look that good. If possibly goes out and scores 55 goals and 115 points this year, you're pretty happy, I think, with what you're going to get. I don't think that's going to erode within the next four or five years of the contract for a guy who's 26 years old, right? Like, it, that deal's going to be costly, but I also don't think it's risky by any means. I, I think it's probably the best way to put it. So, yeah, you're going to pay a lot, and um, it would not be surprised if it's right up there in terms of the highest paid. But if you're the Bruins and you're paying that premium right now, but you look at this team in 2026, again, we don't know what the centers will be. So, but... If you look at the cap and it's jumped up in a couple of years to 92, 93, 94 plus million off of all the the cap that's set to explode, and you've got arguably the best pure goal scorer in the NHL and arguably the best defenseman in the NHL for a combined 20 million, if that's what it is in, in terms of nine and a half and what have you, maybe in the long run that looks pretty good. But again, I'm sure the Bruins, like most Bru- like most Bruins fans, probably wish this was taken care of earlier because I think remember I think we started in the summer being like, all right, well, we hit the same contract as McAvoy. Are we okay with that? Might have to be double digits. Might be 10, 10 and a half. Not the case anymore. It just so, keeps going up yeah. and up yeah. and up. Um, and again, there's been no real public talk of this. There's not been any real reporting quite yet on this. Like we have not heard that he wants a certain price or anything like that. Um, it just goes back to the whole idea of like highest paid player makes people cringe. But I think what would make people, you know, Burns fans cringe even more is if you lost them for nothing. That's the issue. That's the issue. Because yeah. you're not checking the you're check on the Red Sox. Yeah, you're not trading uh David Pasternak at this deadline. You just aren't. 
That is not happening. I don't think ever because you're trying to win a cup. And as we've said, I think last week, there's no like, you can't do like a star for star swap with this. You just can't. It doesn't seem to be one. Um, and I don't think you should. I think this is a guy you want to keep. This is a potential future captain. Um, and you just consider that you, you can't lose him for nothing. And this is a, you know, generational talent, like one of the elite players in the league. You don't just let him walk. Um, because again, if, if he, let's say they get to the off season and he signs with the New Jersey devils for 13, 14 million a year or the Los Angeles Kings for that money. Um, you are in really bad shape as a team. Um, cause he's gone, you got nothing for him and there's no replacement. It's not like Fabian Lysol is going to come up and just like, you know, pr- produce, you know? So I, again, I just look at. Um, the whole situation, and I think uh, pretty clear that if he wants to be the highest paid player, he can be the highest paid player. Um, yes. And I think you got to kind of got to go to that extent. And it's funny, as, as, as I said, it's funny how this conversation has evolved over the past six, seven months of, as you said, no oh, McAvoy money. Yeah, hopefully it'd be cool if he stayed around that. Now it seems to be going up higher. And again, maybe it's because they don't know what the centers are going to be in the future. I don't know. Um, so we will see. Interesting stuff all the way. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you? Yeah, we're going to have you covered, again, every step of the way. Uh, again, this is my last week at BSJ. So echoing once again, uh, very thankful for my time at BSJ. And thank you to all the readers, subscribers, everyone who have uh, supported me along the way. Um, very excited to start my new role. But again, we'll be here throughout this week over com with the usual uh, content in terms of uh, game recaps, columns, Q and A's, all that good stuff will be there. Um, and will be there even after I move on, there'll still be quality content on that site. So please subscribe over at Boston sports journal.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all of that for CLNS media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week. <laughs>